Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This morning's episode is titled, They Shall Say to the Mountains, Cover Us. It shall be focused on a study of Hosea chapter 10. Before we go any further, we'll begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, when we recognize the judgment that's coming to the world, that make us more diligent Christians and recognize also the mercy that you've shown towards us. Help us, Father, to be diligent that we might not be found counted among those that shall perish. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Hosea chapter 10. Chapter 10 Israel is an empty vine. He bringeth forth fruit unto himself. According to the multitude of his fruit, he hath increased the altars. According to the goodness of his land, they have made goodly images. Their heart is divided. Now shall they be found faulty. He shall break down their altars. He shall spoil their images. For now they shall say, We have no king, because we feared not the Lord. What then should a king do to us? They have spoken words, swearing falsely and making a covenant. Thus judgment springeth up as hemlock in the furrows of the field. The inhabitants of Samaria shall fear because of the calves of beth For the people thereof shall mourn over it, and the priests thereof that rejoiced on it. For the glory thereof, because it is departed from it. It shall be also carried unto Assyria for a present to King Jerob. Ephraim shall receive shame, and Israel shall be ashamed of his own counsel. As for Samaria, her king is cut off as the foam upon the water. The high places also of Avon, the sin of Israel, shall be destroyed. The thorn and the thistle shall come up on their altars. And they shall say to the mountains, Cover us, and to the hills, fall on us. O Israel, thou hast sinned from the days of Gibeah. There they stood. A battle in Gibeah against the children of iniquity did not overtake them. It is in my desire that I should chastise them. And the people shall be gathered against them and they shall bind themselves in their two furrows. And Ephraim is as an heifer that is taught, and loveth to tread out the corn. But I passed over upon her fair neck. I will make Ephraim to ride. Judah shall plough, and Jacob shall break his clods. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Ye have ploughed wickedness, ye have reaped iniquity, ye have eaten the fruit of lies, because thou didst trust in thy way, in the multitude of thy mighty men. Therefore shall a tumult arise among thy people, and all thy fortresses shall be spoiled, as Shalman spoiled Betharbal in the day of battle. The mother was dashed in pieces upon her children. So shall Bethel do unto you because of your great wickedness. In a morning shall the king of Israel utterly be cut off. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham, titled, The Invisible Union of the Bride of Christ. This was preached in 1965 on November the 25th. We'll begin at paragraph 68 up to paragraph 163. I trust you find it to be a blessing. in this that each generation God has lauded his word from the beginning just like evolution came just like first thing God created probably was 
Let's say he created botany life first. Then he created animal life next. Then he created human life next. Kind of an evolution rising higher. So has it been in God and his church. Justification under Luther. That's pulling his bride out now. He's creating his bride. Justification under Luther. Sanctification under Wesley. And so forth, you see. He's the evolution of the spirit being given more and more because the body is building, coming to the head, which is Christ. The body of Christ. Now, she as a woman, if she is married to Christ, the word, she cannot be married to a church denomination at the same time. For she's bound by it. She shall cannot live with both husbands at the same time. There's contrary one to the other. One is God sent, the other is man made. So they're contrary. He said, Let every man's word be a lie, mine be the truth. God said that. Just as much contrary to one another as law was to grace, as Paul's speaking of here. One must be dead to have the other. And if she tries to mix them, she shall be called an adulteress. Oh, think of it. New York, Arizona, across the nation, think of it. God said if she's tried to be married to two at the same time, she shall be called an adulteress. What adulteress can enter heaven? Would God marry an adulteress? Certainly not. He asked us not to do it. She shall be called an adulteress. Then her children, if she is an adulteress, her children is illegitimate. Illegitimate. Illegitimate to what? Not to the church, but to the Word. She's illegitimate. What a picture of this Revelation 3 here of the last day Lady Osea Church age. What an illegitimate group. What a denominational mix-up. Lukewarm. Carry on and call themselves Christians and deny the Word of God. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. As the prophet said they would be. Marriage is the oldest institution in the world. Marriage was performed first and instituted in the Garden of Eden. A woman is entrusted with certain characters that she must not defile. A woman is trusted to that. There's not a creature on earth like a woman. There's no female dog. There's no female of any kind entrusted with the character that a woman is. A woman was not even in the, the beginning of the creation. Because God knew that she had fallen, all other females could not commit adultery. She's the only one that can commit adultery. If she'd been made like the original, that would have been discomplimentary to God's great wisdom. See, she was made a byproduct of a man. But because she was cast over in that side, she has also been given a sacred charge from God for redemption. She's got characters that she must not defile. If she would mire them, she's defiled for lifetime. No matter how much she's forgiven, she can't be justified. I'll strike that in a little bit. Got a scripture on that in a few minutes. 
She can be forgiven for her defilement, but she cannot be justified in this life. It's always with her. Notice. Now, she's been given this. She may be forgiven, but not justified. Her body is given to her a sacred trust from God. No female dog, no bird, no other animal, no other creature like that. No. She's the only one. By it, she is the reason it's so sacred. She is to bring forth life into the earth. Her body is the bedding grounds of life. Therefore, that's the reason she's given this sacred trust. Now, here's where you may disagree, many of you theologians. That's what defiled the whole human race. Is that adultery at the beginning? Her bedding ground was marred. She brought forth those twins, Cain and Abel. One act, two children. Search the scriptures. Notice, now, we find that her body is a bedding ground and therefore it's a sacred trust not to defile that. Now I'm speaking now, bringing this to an illustration to show you where the church stands. I'm not speaking of you women, whatever you are, that's between you and God or you man, but I'm speaking of the church and Christ. Now, this she is given to bring forth life that only God Himself can give. Her husband might be the germ bearer, but God has to produce the life. That's right, it has to come. All life has to come from God. Any life has to come from God. It's perverted, and that's what makes it sinful, but life has to come from God. He's the author of life. Now, she has a sick one. I want to name three things here that she must not get away from. Now, I'm speaking, keep the church in mind while I'm speaking this to the natural woman as Paul is here in 7th chapter Romans. She has a sacred trust of virtue committed to her by her Lord. A certain virtue. Nothing else holds it but a woman. That's right. That's committed to her by God. She must not defile that virtue. If she even does something wrong, she must confess that to her husband before she takes her. And make it right the same as the church that was married to the law has to come also before Christ, before the second marriage. She has to confess that if she doesn't and she lives with her husband for ten years and then confess it, he has a right to put her away and marry another woman. That's the scripture. Fornication is unclean living. Joseph, fear not taking thee, marry thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. He was minding her put her away privately, see? After you'd already engaged to her. When you're engaged to her, as far as God's concerned, you're married to her. Notice, now, she has a sacred trust of virtue. It's been given her, trusted to her by the Lord. God gave her that virtue. Just as it was in the Garden of Eden, she say yes or no. She has a sacred trust of womanhood committed to her. That she must not break. The womanhood I'm speaking of here is her conduct, her character around man. Not letting every man look on these screens and see these movie stars kissing and hugging and slopping and around all these women. A woman does that is of a bad character. She might be virtuous otherwise, but see in her heart, when those gland, sex glands are in the lips, the man kisses a woman, he's actually potentially committed adultery. Sex glands are in the woman's lips and in the man's lips. He could kiss her on the hand. It wouldn't mix the sex glands, but the sex glands is in the lips. 
You see all this nonsense in the, the uh, Hollywood today of all this slopping and loving around with women and so forth and little girls looking at all that. No wonder our morals are rotten and decayed and filthy. Because it's put before the children. Right? It has to be that way for the last days. Now keep the church in mind. She's kissing and slopping and mixing Amen. out and everything else but the Word. Let the devil and education and scientific churches and so forth, when scientific education and everything is absolutely contrary to God. Amen. The whole system of civilization we have now is absolutely antichrist. Amen. Educational system is antichrist. Amen. Civilization is antichrist. Amen. It's against God. Amen. You say, against civilization, God will have a civilization one of these days Amen. that won't have any death associated into it. Amen. This modern civilization come by Satan. Amen. I'll prove that to you, if the Lord willing, tonight, out of the Bible. All these things are of Satan. Our new civilization will have none of this in it. She has this sacred womanhood. No wonder that men act around women the way they do is because women act around men the way they do. She characters herself out. You're the pair of shorts on and skin tight and man's clothing and things down on the street twisting around. No matter what she says, she might be as virtuous to her husband as she can be, but in the sight of God, she is an adulteress. Whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. And she presents herself to be that. And that's exactly what the church has done with the world. Notice, that's committed her sacred virtue, sacred womanhood, and then sacred motherhood. Honor her husband. Just look today. In certain cities, many cities, they even have big parties in what called society. Church members, too. Set their hats in the floor and they all get drunk and pitch their keys into it. Each woman goes and picks the key out of the hat for the man she'll live with over the weekend. All kinds of such parties, which I've got so much to say here if the Lord willing, I haven't got time to go into it. Such a bill! And the church is just as bad. Amen. Right. Amen. Committing adultery with everything she has no business to be going into. She should stay with the Word. Amen. Buildings are all right. Hospitals are all right. All these other things are all right. Educational programs, that's all right. We have to live here. We have to read, right? That's one of the economies. Like we weren't supposed to put on any clothes at the beginning. I'll preach on that later this week. Lord willing. But we have to wear clothes because God gave us clothes. But in the beginning, we didn't need them. We were veiled. Now she's veiled to her sin. She don't even know she's sinning. As she was then by the... Now she's veiled by the devil. Then she was veiled by God. The difference of it. Now we find out that she's been given this sacred trust that she must not break of womanhood. Act, have her character, raise her children, be honorable to her husband. Nowadays they pay a bit more attention to it than nothing in the world. You ought to sit in my office sometime and see men bringing their wives where they try to get right with God and confess of all the men they live with and everything else since they've been married. Oh, you say, that's, well, that's Pentecostals. The others won't come. So it's, I'm speaking of how it can get away when you get to mix it up with the world and the church and all the fashions and things that we have. We're no more like the original Pentecost was than day is from night. Amen. 
We've drifted off somewhere into some dark chaos somewhere and lost. What a sacred trust. What a responsibility to a woman. Now, see why she's a type of the church which has the same responsibilities as a woman has a sacred responsibility to her motherhood, to her virtues, to her husband. The church has a sacred responsibility to prayer into the Word, into Christ, just the same as a woman has. And as a woman drifts off with another man, when the church goes off on these institutional programs and building programs and schools and so forth, I have nothing against them. They're all right. They serve their purpose. But they're not. Jesus never said, go make schools. Amen. He said, preach the Word. Amen. That's where they neglected. Not make institutions, hospitals, and so forth. That's all right. But that's not the church's duty. No. Amen. Their duty is to preach the gospel. Amen. But we've done everything else but that. And we've drifted in just like Satan did and mixed it up with some gospel, something else, and something else. Just got a conglomeration of nothing. Amen. Corruption. Amen. Even our whole the whole world, what's the trend of the world? Reading Reader's Digest, sure not long ago, where young girls are going through the menopause. And man, the change of life between 20 and 25 years old, they're going through the middle age. Corruption. Why? Because of scientific research of food and stuff that's broke down from the natural things we should put in our bodies. We are nothing but a bunch of dying corruption. Now, that's what the church is also. Amen. In the same condition. She's a type. She has the same precious virtues by spirit given to her to preserve the spirit and the word and never commit adultery with anything of the world or anything stay virtuous to the word as a woman is to say virtuous to her husband. It's a sacred trust. To honor her Lord's word above every man-made creed, wisdom, denomination there is. The church is given that trust. If they say, well, my church, I don't care what your church believes. If it's contrary to the word of God, stay away from it. The Bible said Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever. Mark 16 said these signs shall follow them that believe. If a church preaches different from that, don't you, you die of that thing. Be born to get into the word of God. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's how far it was to go. These signs shall follow them that believe in all the world and every creature. That will believe. See how we got away from it? Sure. But she's responsible for it. But now, look what Hollywood has took the virtuous things from our women. I'm sitting here looking at dear old woman, Sister Schrader. Many of the women here, back in Sister Moore over here, the older women. That remembers a few years ago, if their mother or even them would have walked out on the street the way some of these women walk today. Church members, they'd have locked the woman up for being insane. She forgot to put on her skirt. Well, if it was insane then, it's insane now. Well, look, the whole world proves it's insane. Look at the murders and things that's going on now in the world. Insanity. The whole thing is coming to fulfill revelations. We may get to it this week. What are those hideous things? That's not natural. That's spiritual things that make people scream for the rocks and the mountains and everything else to fall on. The complete, total insanity this world will go into right away. It's almost there now. Well, you see the footsteps of it. There it is. It's marching right out on the 
the street and right down that church pew. Total insanity. Do things that a human being wouldn't think of doing. You're being civilized. Look what Hollywood's done to the woman. Look how it is. it's robbed the sacred virtues of the woman. On and on we could go. See, all this she lost. How did she do it? Because there was a subtle instrument called the church. Like there was in the Garden of Eden. A subtle person. The devil walked into the church just like he did in the Garden of Eden and deceived her into it. She's deceived. The woman thinks she don't mean to be wrong. Eve didn't mean to do wrong. It wasn't willfully. But she, the Bible said in 2 Timothy, 1 Timothy 3, she was deceived. And deceived is not when you willfully do it, it's when you're deceived into doing it. And that's just exactly what's happened today. She's been deceived by television, by magazines, by these people, these, all these fine things that they're going out on the street. Modern girls, they look at magazines and they look at pictures. They look on the street. They see the clothing in the shops. How Satan, that great instrument of, the, of hell, has come down amongst the people and deceived them into these things. And the woman thinks she's all right. And she's dead and don't know it. She's far from God. See how she lost all this and how subtle it was? Today, I want you to notice, Jesus spoke of it. Also, if you'd like to read it, Jesus made mention that this thing would come to pass. Did you know that? In his last hours, just before his crucifixion. Let's just read it. St. Luke, the, the 23rd chapter. And just for a moment, like a Sunday school lesson, begin with the 27th verse, I believe I got marked out here. Jesus going to Calvary. Listen as I read it. All right, St. Luke 23, 27. I believe is where we have it. My notes got it that way. Yeah, here it is. And there followed him a great company of people and women which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the day, days are coming, that they shall say, Blessed are the barren, and the womb that never bear, and the paths which never gave stuff. Think today. The disgrace for to have a child. See? Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, fall on us and hide the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in a dream green tree, what shall they do in a tribe? Speaking of the day that when women would no more want children, they want a dog or a cat or something like that, but she don't want children anymore. Why? She's old Mother Hubbard if she has a child. See? She don't want... That's the, that's the remarks of Hollywood. You don't want his woman to be an old Mother Hubbard. So she'll... He'll have some operation performed himself or her once. That'll keep her from having children. They don't want no children. Jesus spoke of it. And what did he say? At that time, they'll begin to cry to the rocks and the mountains to fall on us. She practice birth control so she can go to parties. She can't be bothered with a baby nursing her. It'll disform her. When she's pregnant, it'll be it'll disform her. She won't look like she used to. And her husband, eager enough to let her go that way. She won't give him a child. Jesus spoke of it. 
And he said, that when they were doing this at that time, they'll go to crying then for the rocks to fall on them. It's coming of the Lord. They pray great sums of money for cats, dogs to mother. That's right. She must mother something because it's a God-given nature to her. I noticed a hunt, big game, an old bear in the fall of the year when she has been bred to the male bear. She's got cubs that is born. They're pretty good sized cubs. Maybe weigh a hundred pounds or better. She'll make them scat and hibernate to themselves because she's going to bring forth some more cubs. They're born in February. The bear knows nothing about it. They're born in little sacks. How that God has them open these little sacks themselves. Little, like little cellophane sacks. They find their way around their mother sound asleep. She hasn't eaten anything since October and this is February. They come around and nurse her to the middle of May. Then when she sees her cubs, they're pretty good sized cubs, weigh maybe 15, 10 or 15 pounds apiece. They've nursed her. How she gets the milk, that's God's idea. She lives herself and produces milk for the cubs. And then if her breeding doesn't take and she don't have any cubs, she'll hunt up them year, last year cubs and mother them all summer long. Because it's God-given instinct. She has to mother something. And if a woman won't have a baby for her husband, she'll take a dog or a cat or something. She's got to mother something. It's that nature. But to bear a child for a husband and raise it to the service of God, that's entirely all out of her line. She should all, should all, she'd be so disgraced if she did by her sin-loving society of this 1965 type of women. A true picture of the modern church today. Neither does the modern church want any of these years screaming, shouting, tongue-speaking, Acts 238 youngins around her. She don't want any of them. Whooping and crying and screaming, Amen, Hallelujah. Well, such a child would immediately put her out of her denomination. <laughs> they had one like that in one of the churches. Why? They'd throw her out right quick. Amen. Why do you let such stuff as this go along? So she, she's pregnant with something. Because <laughs> yeah. she's bringing forth members all the time. Yeah. But she don't want her them screaming, hollering, blabbering. Acts 2.38. Miserable creatures that she thinks they are. It would certainly embarrass her. It would ruin her and her educated, ethical, scientific society church that she belongs to. They'd throw her out at the next council. She can't have it. So she don't want to be pregnant with the Word because that's the only kind that the Word can bring forth. Born to the Spirit of God, it has the Spirit of God in it. No intellectual church joining, creep going, bobbed hair, painted face. There's no such a thing as that in all the... You don't find that in the Word of God. You find an old-fashioned, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled child born to the Spirit of God, screaming, hollering, shouting, praising God. That's altogether out of the reaches for her. She don't want that. Oh, no, sir. No, indeed. What does she do then? So she brings forth a pair of painted face, short-wearing, Jezebel Society, illegitimate cats, they call them, I think it is. I think they call it cat. Look at that cat going there, they say, or something like that, you know. She was born or married or connected with her first husband, the first Adam, by the adulterous wife of Eve, Adam's first wife. He said, adulterous, she sure was. But, oh, she claims that this Adam, this first Adam's dead. Oh, sure. 
He died a long time ago. I'm reborn again, she says. And I'm certainly married to the second Adam, Christ the Word. How? Notice what she loves. <laughs> Watch her lover. You don't see who she's in love with. The Word says this, but she said, my church says this. Then who's she in love with? Amen. Who is her husband? Her own fruits prove what she is. Amen. Exactly right. Shows what she is. Notice. She was born first to Adam because that's her natural birth. See? And she never left that. That's the lover of the world. She claims that she's born the second time to Christ. But her lover notices Adam yet because she loves the world. And another, another thing, notice what kind of children she's bearing. That tells what their papa is. Amen. Was first Adam or second Adam? If the church brings forth a child... Oh, the second Adam, he acts the second Adam's way back like they did on the day of Pentecost. That's the free, true second Adam's children. See? Right. Their nature is like his and hers. Yes, sir. Her daughters, painted face, bobbed hair, wearing man's clothes, trousers. The Bible said for her not to do it. Cut your hair, it's a shame to her. You say, shut up on that. That's what the Word says. I'm only pointing out nature. That's what she does. Her sons, her sons born out of her, rely upon education, schooling, Amen. some Bible Amen. school, so-called, Amen. some great college, supposed to be a long time ago, hatched them out in some sort of an incubator style, Amen. denominational Amen. seekers, religious cane like just illegitimate to the word as Cain was, huh? just as Ill- illegitimate as Cain was, sir. Denominational seekers, you see what it is? God never did organize a denomination. He's always been against it. But they hold right on to it. So you see what they're bringing forth? That shows you their papa and mama is. Exactly. Exactly. Just as illegitimate as Cain was, that's kind of a child he brought forth from Eve. They got away from the Word, and they see what she brought? That's just exactly what the church has brought. The same thing. Can prove it to you by the Word. That's where education and civilization come through Cain. That's exactly right. For they claim, but they, they claim to be sons of God. But they're denominational bread, denominational school scholars, everything else. That's exactly right. Amen. Subtle, smart, my, so was the serpent her father. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just as subtle and scientific preachers as Cain was. Yeah. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. You say, Brother Bram, is that true? Turn to Genesis 4, 16 and find out. Get back here to Genesis 4.16 just a minute. You'll find out how that happened. And Cain went from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bared Enos. And he built a city and called the name of the city after his son Enos. On down to turbulence. On down forth the beginning. Come designers of instruments, music, and so forth. Civilization came by Cain. Amen. Right. Building cities. Instruments. Scientific man, come by Cain, the serpent seed. Now notice the 25th verse. And Adam knew his wife again. Now he knew her once and she had two children. Search the scripture. She had Cain and Abel. One act and two children. You say, they told me not long ago it couldn't be happened. We got a case in Hollywood. Right, or Hollywood. We got a case in Tucson right now. Up in court. A woman gave birth to a colored child and a white child at the same time. They say she can't do it. She can't have two fertile seeds, too. They got it right in court now. I know dogs will do it. Animals will do it. 
And she got there. The white man said, I'll support my own child, but not him. And the woman made the confession. She lived with her husband that morning and the colored man that afternoon. If it's in the, the doctor says in the space of 24 hours, it'll happen if there's another fertile seed there. And there she did it. And that's exactly what happened here. Cain, that, Satan that morning, and the serpent, and Adam that afternoon, when she, and she had two children. Now, Adam knew his wife again the second time, and she bare a son. Remember, there's nowhere in the Bible that said Cain was Adam's son. It said he was of that evil one. Not Adam, the devil. Knew his, the second time, and knew his son and called his name Seth. For God said she has appointed, that wasn't a real seed, appointed me another seed instead of Adam who Cain slew. So, and to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos, and then began man to call upon the name of the Lord. Not out of Cain's generation genealogy, but out of Seth's genealogy. So Cain is the evil one. There comes the serpent. Now, notice, the Bible plainly says here that her first husband must be dead. Not just put away, he's got to be dead. I just got through preaching on marriage and divorce, and you all know about that. I'm not speaking out altogether this congregation here, but out across the nation. All right, now you see what happened there in marriage and divorce. When it's really the seven seals was open, that brought out the real truth of it. So to be married to the second Adam, Christ, the word, you must separate yourself by death from your first denominational husband. Because there is no one of them that can take all the word of God. Just show me where that one's at. Or you say mine, the other fellow says his too. Put them together and you find out you're both wrong. Who's your denominator? Read Revelation 17. So you see, you've got to be dead from that thing. Now, I'm not speaking this local assembly. I'm speaking all together across the nation. You must be dead to your first husband. If you're united to Christ and still married to a denomination, you're an adulteress. You're a lady Osea. A church across the nation, we are following Jesus Christ the Word. To be in the bride. You have to be remarried to the Word of God, which is Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. As long as you hold to man's traditions of denominations, you are calling God's Word a adulteress. As long as you're a denominational creed seeker belonging to a denominational church that denies the Word, you are an adulteress. But the Bible says. Amen. Jesus said you cannot serve two gods at the same time. You either serve God or mammon. Mammon's the world. He that loves the world, the things of the world, the love of God, not even any. The seed of God can't be in him at the same time. The love of God, uh, the love of the world's in there. When the seed of God is operating through you, that's the word of God. The love of the world can't be in there at the same time. Now where's the short hair and the shorts and the pants? You can't be virtuous to Christ, the Word of God, and serve a man-made denomination at the same time. It's contrary to the Word Paul said here. What about Romans 7? Neither can you bear God's sons of His Word to this illegitimate denominational group. You cannot do it. 
In your incubator, you cannot bring forth the word Son of God that I'm speaking to the church. But still, you claim to be very religious. So was Cain, the prostitute Eve's son. Very religious. Built altars and offered sacrifice and paid his tithes and done everything that any other religious man would do. But he failed to keep that word. He failed to have the revelation. And the revelation is the only thing, the revelation of the word. What is the, what is the revelation? Jesus said, Upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell can't prevail against it. Faith is a revelation because faith has been revealed to you. Abel, by faith, offered by revelation. Faith, offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than that of Cain. Cain thought to eat apples. <laughs> they still got that idea. But it wasn't. It was an adultery. Serpent seed. And there, when the seven seals opened, it declared it and proved it. A book's just out on it. I think we've got a thousand here now. Notice that scripturally from Genesis to Revelations, at the end time, both trees are coming to the seed and proving themselves. Here we are right today, Laodicea and the bride. Just as clear and pretty as it can be in the scripture right before your faces. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't be a virtuous, Bible-believing Christian and associate yourself in a denominational affair. You just can't do it at the same time. One's got to be dead and let the other live. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy word which You've spoken to us out of today. And Lord, as Scripture say, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men what God hath in store for those who love Him. We pray, Father, help us that our mind stays on You, away from the detractions of the world and all its finite pleasures, but to recognize that we, we're citizens of a king coming kingdom and we seek a city whose builder and maker is God. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. Flow so full and free
Would 